It's the November 15th edition, 2017, episode number 22, Three Songs Podcast. This is Mike Hogan here with Bob Nastanovich. Hey, Bob. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing episode good. Episode 22. Here we go. Episode 22. That's right. You're kicking it off with this one, huh? Yeah, definitely, you know, uh, for fun. I'm going to play a song that, that you and I definitely know. It's it's an uh, it's a summer of love, my friend. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in more ways than is, one, right? Well, '67 is the year I was born. So yeah, and this was recorded like this song very possibly could have been recorded like the day I was born. So it's you know been close to my heart since the first time I heard it when I was 18 years old. You know, so live and let live off of the great album Forever Changes by Love. And I'm a big fan of this record. I'm a big fan of this band. And I have to say, listen to it. Strangest opening couplet you'll probably ever hear in rock and roll. Oh, the snot has kicked against my pants. It has turned into crystal. There's a bluebird sitting on a branch I guess I'll take my pistol I've got it in my hand Because he's on my land And so the story ended You, you know it oh so well Oh shit, you need I'll tell you Sitting on the couch I recognize your artillery I have seen you many times before Once when I was in India And I was on my land Why can't you understand? And so the story ended Do you know it all so well? Oh, should you need, I'll tell you The end, 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 end. Serve my time Serve it well You made my soul a saint 
against my pants It has turned into crystal There's a bluebird sitting on a branch I guess I'll take my pistol I've got it in my hand Because he's on my land And so the story ended You, you know it oh so well Or should you need I'll tell you The ending, 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 ending And Served my time Served it well You made my soul a saint Arthur Lee. Okay, uh, so yeah, Arthur Lee. Like, and, and and what was the first time you ever heard that album yourself? Oh boy, I was probably in college, probably around yeah. the time you. Well, I mean, you heard you're four years older than me, so you would have heard it a few years before me, but probably around the same age as you were. Yeah, well, I, I first heard it in like '85. Okay, yeah. so and it was made in '67. One of the interesting things about the album, first of all, the the title forever changes. Okay. Yeah. Which is a great album title. Okay. And like the the funny thing about the the album title is like how do bands title albums like which is always a weird mystery. Like and, and sure. like it comes down to like everything I've ever participated in every band has to like give a title. Of course there's some brilliant albums that are like same like same title as the band name. Right. And some of okay, it's so random like, too, right? Yeah, well, I mean, in this case, like, Forever Changes, like, stuck with Arthur Lee. The band was in L.A., and, like, apparently the, the title of the album comes from, like, a conversation that Arthur Lee was having with a friend, and basically the guy was, like, telling about his friend who was heartbroken, and and the story was that one half of the relationship said you told me you would love you told me you would love me forever hmm. okay 
And then Arthur Lee looked at him and said, well, forever changes. <laughs> Which wow. is kind of an interesting side note. But one, another interesting side about that recording session was that, so these guys went to L.A. And Arthur Lee was born in Memphis. Okay. And they were in L.A. and the band showed up and they were, and I know this angle on recording. They weren't initially comfortable in the studio. The producer, a guy named Bruce Botnick, okay. basically saw like that it wasn't really working and like that Lee was frustrated with his band. So he brought in a bunch of like studio wizards. So like the Daily Planet and Ann Morgan, two great songs on the record, he brought in these aces to kick ass. Okay. <laughs> and so the band like were like, holy, holy cow, we gotta take our band back. Which is a hell of a move by a producer. I've yeah. never experienced that. Like yeah. it should, probably should have happened in like any recording situation I was in. <laughs> that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kick the band in the butt. Right. You know? And that's an ace move. That's like a I can't even imagine. They kept the they kept those songs. Like That's bold. Yeah, really bold. But uh I mean, I don't remember the the main guys in the band by name, well, but Brian McLean was the other songwriter, right? And he's the one that mm-hmm. wrote and sang uh, the big hit "Alone Again" or right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you know, which is I think made most famous for for like the modern generation of listeners by the the Wes Anderson film "The Royal Tenenbaums." Sure. Um, I think that's, that's like a beautiful the, the, pop song too. But, but this is, again, this is one of your themes throughout the history of our podcast is that is that records that were made in their time, like, never had really much appreciation. Like, mm-hmm. despite the critical appreciation of this record, yeah, people didn't really listen to it much. And then, like, right. as, like, critics later. throughout the course of yeah. time, like, so it's, like, one of the, basically considered one of the best 100 rock albums of all time, if not, like, and when, whenever I'm making a list, I mean, this thing is like a thorough listen. It's a hell of a record. Love Forever Changes. I've never heard it. Absolutely. And I, I mean, it's like, I it's like always that a great you thing to go a, to. You picked a deeper cut, too. You picked a deeper cut that's topical, that's got some heavy themes to it. And like that opening couplet, <laughs> the opening line, what, what well, is it? Well, the snot is caked against my pants that has turned into crystals. <laughs> I mean, I got to imagine, I have to imagine Arthur Lee sitting down with a blank sheet of paper and just with nothing else on it, writing down, the snot has caked against my pants, going, perfect. What comes next? Well, I mean, that's (laughs) kind of called like a brilliant lyricist in progress, isn't it? (laughs) That's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, well, the best lyricist I've ever worked with is David Berman from the Silver Jews. And, like, you know, during any session I've ever had the pleasure of recording with him, you get handed, like, lyrics or, like, you hear lyrics as it's going along. And it's like the music is made way after the lyrics. So the lyrics yeah. come first. So yeah. I don't know. If, I imagine other bands do that. But usually it's a the whole thing comes together. I don't even know how the hell it works. That's rare. From what I've heard, I mean, and I've not really ever been in bands that were worth a damn, but uh, from what I've heard, usually the music comes first and the lyrics come later. So that's that's interesting. Generally speaking, but like when you've got it, when you're in a band with a a 
like a really good poet. I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine things are different. I would imagine his approach is similar to, say, Leonard Cohen's approach, where he would write the lyrics first and then craft music around it. Well, I didn't know Leonard Cohen did that, but, you know, it's an interesting policy, like, why make a song unless your lyrics are great? Right. Well, so Leonard like, Cohen, you know, was that? he was a poet first, kind of like David Berman. He released Well, I mean, if we're going to like equate Leonard Cohen and David Berman, then... I think you can. That's a difficult task. Well, that's a can. huge compliment to both gentlemen. It but is. It is. I think it, and I think it holds up. Maybe, maybe Did that'll I call be Lee a Lee Cohen or Leonard Cohen? Leonard Cohen. Okay, so I got his name right. Did he just recently pass he away did. too? Yeah, he did. Maybe but he, had, but what, he had a glorious long life. He did. I think he lived to be like eighty, and I believe Close, he was playing yeah. live shows like right up until the time that he died. He was, which which is both a positive and a negative. I, I mean, I think it's great that he was able to, and it was great that he was playing again, and people got to see him. I think the negative came because he was really screwed over by his manager and basically bankrupt and broke and needed to tour in order to make money because he, he didn't have any. Well, that's else. one of the shitty things about yeah. the music industry. I mean, right. 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 I mean, sure. who knows how that all works. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That happens but, uh, to people, but I mean, Leonard Cohen is a very celebrated artist as well. He should be and like, we'll play him on future shows. Maybe I'll do that and, as a theme. Maybe I'll do a Berman Cohen yeah, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> make you squirm a little bit. No, make Berman squirm. Oh, you know, does he listen? Yeah, you'll have to let him know. Um, he's, he listened to the first show and he said this, uh, the the sound quality was terrible on <laughs> yeah. my end because right. <laughs> right. we, right. exactly. we hadn't bought our mixer yet. If so. you're gonna listen to anything, don't listen to the first show. It sucks. I mean, it, yeah, the music well, was fine I mean, and the discussion was yeah. fine, but it's 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 not representative. All right. So right. you 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 <laughs> dropped you dropped something before we started. You said we ha- you have a theme, which is rare for you. So I'm gonna have to try and figure out this theme as we go. So we got a little love. We got live and let live. Uh, yeah, take it from there. Start your uh, show. What I you will. Gonna, what, so your, I'm doing. Are you gonna get thematic on us I'm, tonight? I'm doing a theme, and my theme is much more prominent. And I'm gonna mention it before I start because I think it's gonna be obvious to people. Uh, from the get-go, and I think it t- it actually ties quite nicely into love, uh, because yeah, three more Peter Lochner songs for us. No, no, not three more Peter Lochners. But no, the uh, guy's good. He's good. Yeah, you know, uh, in- <laughs> interesting, but in a different way. This is I'm going to do three songs that are very, 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 very well-known songs, but most people do not know the versions that I'm going to play. And the versions that I'm going to play are the original versions of songs that became very big hits. And I think a lot of people probably don't even realize that the songs that they know were covers. So I'm going to play the original versions of songs that were were made hugely popular by other artists. Uh, okay. And I'm going to start with a song. All of my songs are in the, from the 60s, which is sort of coincidental, but maybe not, because there was a lot of good music that came in the 60s, and there was a lot of music that came from the 60s that maybe wasn't hugely successful at the time, but then was later covered. So I think it, it, it makes some sense. This is, this is the one where the original was done in 1965. It was a Southern California band, kind of like Love, and actually Love, as actually they've covered this song. Whoa! Um, it, was, it was covered 
almost immediately after it was released by a number of bands, including The Birds, Love, uh, and most prominently by Jimi Hendrix. Uh, okay. And the song is uh, by a band called The Leaves from from San Fernando Valley in Southern California. It was released in 1965, and the song is called Hey Joe. You ever heard that version, Bob? No. So yeah. I wonder how all like all those other famous artists heard that version. Like, it's wonder a, who started the Hey Joe ball rolling. Like, I don't know. Who's it's the first a famous artist to cover it. I wonder. It's, it's a good question. I think the birds were the birds, and you know, remember uh, the birds. So that that was an LA band. The birds were an LA band. I think Hendrix at the time was hanging out a, a little bit in LA, and and. This was probably a song, you know, the leaves were maybe a band that was playing around at the time. Someone somewhere heard it, they liked it, they covered it. They probably saw them live or something. Yeah, like, maybe. Holy shit. Maybe. So I wonder who I wonder who the original Joe guy is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's a story there, clearly, right? You know, I mean 
Oh, I mean, it's like one of the most recognizable <laughs> songs in the history of rock and roll. Yeah. Like you prefaced that before you played it. Right, right, for sure. I mean, maybe we should snip it a little of Love's version. I mean, I, I think people know. Well, to me, that's like a like a you know like a great rock and roll band from Memphis, the Grifters. Like, yeah, they made a lot of really great songs, and uh, it'd be like if if like a whole bunch of like you know really famous people were covering a Grifter song, which perhaps they should. Yeah. I was going to play some Grifters at some point. We are a great band. They were. They really were. What are they doing these days? Are you ever you, you ever friendly with those guys? Yeah, I was definitely friendly with them, but I've lost touch with them. Like, you yeah. know, I recorded a lot in Memphis at Easley Studios. Yeah, and sure. had a very memorable night. Uh, they took me out into the country and saw R.L. Burnside. I think I told, did I tell that story before? I don't think you did. I yeah, but I won't tell it on this show. That's okay. Um, maybe, maybe save it for. We'll, we'll talk save about it, it when I play the Grifters. Yeah, save it for when I play the Grifters. All you know, I, uh, all, all tease that the Grifters once crashed on my floor in in a tiny apart two bedroom apartment in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, good guys. Sounds like one of the most true stories you've ever told. And I think everything, every story you've told is true. But that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why ever would I make something like that up? You know? No, but I'm saying no, no. We wouldn't make anything up. <laughs> no, I know, but that's like yeah. seriously. Like, if I'm going to make up any story, it's not going to be about the grifters crashing on my floor. How many How many bands in your life have you hosted <sighs> after they played a show? Like, if you had a guess, like randomly. Uh, not that many. I mean, certainly double digits, but probably in the you know twenties <sighs> or thirty, uh, maybe. It's always a good move. Thirty might be high. Move. Thirty might be high. I remember you got uh, the right kind of space. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and I'll I do it like here in Des Moines. I probably do it. I would say it's still like four to six times a year. But when I lived in Louisville, nine hundred seven Central was like free lodging. I mean, there was the at the time there was a punk rock house in Louisville called the Rocket House. Most bands would just stay there. It was a bigger house than mine. But but you know, even going back to college, sure. Yeah, I never really you had need the a place space. To yeah, it's like a forty dollar a forty dollar hotel room is a big expenditure it on is. tours it is and not only that you know i mean like i i would hang out with the band you know that somebody would get a 12 pack of beer you know i'd maybe make a big you know like you know, big pot of pasta we just hang out and you know shoot the shit for a few hours until everybody crashed so yeah. memorable nights exactly exactly so yeah, so I've introduced my theme. I'm now going to try and guess your theme, and maybe I'll need all three songs. But you, you're going to play another song. I'm not sure. I, I know. I know the two songs you have next. I'm not sure which of the two you're going with. Next. I'm going to go with Half Man, Half Biscuit, oh, right? Because yeah. they're from like a Mercy Side. Okay. Yep. So you're not. Brickin so you, so your theme Brickin is not head. regional. Clearly. No. Yeah. No. No. Okay. No. Don't 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 over riddle me. <laughs> I mean, it's all lyrical, but uh, <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> um, this is a this is a kind of a legendary band for their for a lot of reasons. Like uh, they're a very funny band, and they've been around forever. And I think they've recently reprised themselves, half man, half biscuit. But this is one of their early songs from the late '80s, and they're kind of punk rock legends in a way. But they're mostly known for their like sarcasm and their wit and their just an incredibly funny bunch of entertainers, but they're also very serious. I mean, they 
it's, a, it's there's a lot of political commentary, but this song in particular is called Dickie Davies Eyes. Go ahead and roll her.
right, I have a guess, Bob. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be accurate. <laughs> is is the theme snot? The theme is a runny nose. <laughs> okay. Which I live with every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. That's Nigel Blackwell. Fair enough. Yeah, lead guitar, lead vocals, half man, half half biscuit, and uh, and they are steady. Yeah, right? they're <clears throat> they're a good band. I haven't listened to them in year. I haven't listened to them in maybe twenty years. A lot of nuggets in there. Fun yeah. band to listen to. Never met any of them. Uh, I've had the pleasure of like coming across a lot of their hardcore fans who like really appreciate you know what they've done throughout the course of their career and just a, just a cool band, biting satirical band too. Oh well, you know Dickie Davies was Dickie Davies no. was like like a like a Kurt Gowdy or a J- Jim McKay in American sport like. Like a, he's a legendary English sport broadcaster. Like that makes he was sense. a big, big part of British culture, like yeah. in the seventies and eighties. That makes sense. I think of them as a soccer band. Yeah, they would. Uh, well, obviously I mean, they're not. not I mean, like the, you know, with no machismo. Well, sure, you know? sure. I, I, I don't mean that as a, a a diss at all, but mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, in the same way, I guess I think of the wedding present as a soccer band because they named an album after George Best. Well, I mean, it's like if we if we just attended the FA Cup match between like Margate and Hull, and Margate and Hull had won two one, and everybody really appreciated the fact that like a a lower division side like challenged a championship side, and the, and the game was really close and exciting. Like, you know, we go to the pub and listen to Dickie Davies eyes in the background, you know, <laughs> maybe write a song a, about it. And British sports brilliant. Yeah. You know, yeah. so no, that's cool. I, it's, I, it's the country that gave us the best horse in the world again this year. <laughs> Without any doubt. <laughs> her name, her name is enabled. So she'll be back next year. The five people well maybe well, i'll say 10 people who who listen to us for also for horse racing discussion um some of them one or two of them will be like yeah but what about winks and i guess we'll save it for a future discussion oh most of them would say what about gunrunner yeah or, well you know in this country yeah maybe and but, uh, we'll tip our cap to him that's the american champion that's right that's right yeah um but all right, I, I like that. I like that you're you're theming it, man. I appreciate. No, that. I just like you know. I'm not actually theming it, but I yeah, I've got it. And actually, I'll stay with the theme for the next song. Although you won't hear any, you won't hear any references to my runny nose and my you know in the in the okay. song. But so what's your next tune? Uh, I think I'm gonna go with a song. This was a song. Not written by, but sung by, I think she was 19 at the time, maybe 20. Came out in, also in 1965, the same year as the previous song I played by The Leaves. Uh, and was covered a number of times since, and most prominently, probably about 15 to 17 years after she recorded it. Uh, in the meantime, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the rest of the story after we play the song. Um, but, uh, but this is a song by a singer, soul singer, uh, American soul singer named Gloria Jones. And the song is called Tainted Love. 
Well, the original version is brilliant. Yeah, isn't it? That's a fantastic song. I love that song. Never heard it. Oh, oh it's one of the one of the greatest pop songs of all time. Gloria wanted to go again there, but uh, yeah, obviously no. mostly made famous by Soft Cell as a well, disco hit for sure, for sure. And do you know? So had you heard that that version? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Good tune. Oh, I love that. Yeah, for sure. And are you familiar with Gloria at all? No. Tell me some background. So, um, Gloria is known mostly for two things, if she's known at all. She's known as the original performer of Tainted Love. She's also known as a later member and um, girlfriend, later member of T-Rex and girlfriend of Mark Bolin. Right. Uh, who uh, she actually uh, gave birth to his son, Roland Bolin. Perhaps, maybe the name was a little bit uh, inspired by Zoe Bowie. I don't know. Um, but uh, but the the sad part of the very sad tragic part of the story is that um, Gloria Jones was driving the car um, when Mark Bolin was killed in the car accident. So uh, she was his girlfriend at the time. She was a member of T Rex. Obviously, uh, you know, horrible, horrible tragedy. 1977. Um, well, it wouldn't be an episode of the Three Songs Pod if you didn't bring up a horrible tragedy. Well, right, yeah, because it's music, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is part of the problem or history of music is that it's just the, the beautiful, brilliant, amazing music is also riddled with horrible, horrible tragedy. So... Uh, it's the human Well, we're talking man. about, too, like, you know, this is like a... I mean, I, whenever I meet a new band, like, I recently saw, saw a great band in Nashville just on Sunday night, a band that tours all the time called Savoy, Savoy, Savoy Motel. Okay. okay. Really good band. Really exciting live band. Really cool band. And met them briefly, and, like, you know, I don't know what they tour in. I know they're busy and they tour and like, so you're wondering like who drives? Okay, that's the first question. Like my, yeah. from my experience in rock. Okay. Right. Who drives? Okay. Before you get to the point where you have like a driver. Sure. Okay. Yeah. If you ever get it's to always, that point. It's, yeah. If you ever get to that point. Right. Okay? So who drives? Because like, there's like, even talking about this particular show earlier tonight, when you hosted bands, like, the club was like six miles from your house. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hypothetically. Okay. So like somebody drove after the show to get to your house. Like, and we, we didn't have GPS back then. Sure. It wasn't like punching in an address. It was like, somebody's got to drive after the, regardless of the intoxication involved or like, you know, maybe there's like the sober driver person, mm -hmm. da, 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 like who knows how it all works. Right. Okay. But from my experience, like the biggest contribution I ever made to like live performance was that I drove. Okay. I drove. You were the glue that held pavement together, I think. Not really. I'm, not, uh, not at all. That's uh, a I'm, way, way overstatement. I'm, like, I'm, no, I, see, I'm, I'm reading between the lines, Bob. You don't have to, you don't have to tell me I'm right. But in my mind, I'm no. Right. But like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I was a bus driver. Like, yeah. In my case, I was always supposed to be like just the tour manager, t-shirt guy, 
which I've done for a number of bands and always driven. Like it's an arduous thing. Like you've got to put all the stuff, make sure all the stuff that you brought into the club gets into the van. Right. You got to drive. I don't care if you're like played at vaudeville muse, like three miles from my house tonight and you're staying with a friend or wherever everybody's got to drive. So it's like, it's a dangerous task. Yeah, for sure. Because you're leaving and like, whatever. But so these things happen. So like, it's part of the rock and roll game. So what I'm saying is like a rare good driver is hard to find. Like, and I'm not saying that in the case of your the brilliant song that you just played, I don't mean to take away from that. No. Tainted Love. Right. My God, the original version, fantastic. But like, um, and Gloria Jones is probably a hell of a driver, as far as I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, things happen. Things happen, and it's just you know, I don't know. I don't know the story or anything. I I will say one other thing, and then we can pivot out of this. But because please, please, let's let's take it to a well. The bottom place. line too is that like when you're leaving a club, like and you and you're packing up your gear, there's there's drunks on the road. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and um. And if you overdo it, like if you're like, holy shit, we got like we got an eight hour drive tomorrow. Let's cut three hours out of it. Right. And you've got exhausted people driving. Right. Like you know, right. obviously, I think the story that we've referred to before during our Minutemen show, yeah, was you know, of course, one of our mutual favorite rock and roll legends, D Boone, died, and he was coming back a long way from the southern part of the United States, right, to home, and like right. his girlfriend. Just on fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Right. You know. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Or so, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take it out of there. Take it to a happier place, Bob. I'll take it to Hawaii. Ah. I'll take it to Hawaii. Okay. Um, and well, let's play the song. Okay. I'll play it. No, no intro yeah. at all. Just, yeah. just play it. Just jo- Johnny pineapple and the Islanders. Kila Kila.
That's beautiful. Brings it into a nice mood. Yeah, that's David Count. God, this is a Hawaiian pronunciation. David Cow Nohai, I think. David Cow Nohai. Okay. Who is a kind Honolulu. of a? He's born in Hawaii, born in Honolulu, educated at Oregon State. He went to school at Oregon State. He's a musician from Hawaii. I believe he died in the mid '80s, and he was just like a. You know, I discovered him. Um, one of the places that I have the pleasure to go in the winter time to escape Des Moines is Mexico City. Mm. One of the great things about Mexico City is like when you go to the markets there and walk around on basically any any day of the week, but obviously weekends are particularly busy. There'll be like like people selling on the sidewalk stacks of records. Okay, and about five years ago, I got really into like buying obscure Hawaiian records, and uh, I actually bought my copy of that album, uh, Johnny Pineapple and the Islanders. <laughs> Uh, what a great, what a great I mean, the version I have was made in Mexico. I mean, there are great and, punk names. That's a great Hawaiian name, right? Yeah, and you know, apparently, some sort of like you know Hawaiian legend who actually, I think he died in New York, hmm. <clears throat> but he played a wide variety of instruments and like you know, he, there's singing involved. But it's just like uh, to keep with my theme, like when it's ice cold in Des Moines, yeah. And then it's it's always very pleasant to hear some Hawaiian music. The same way that like people listen to old country music when it's really cold outside. A little aspirational. Yeah, it's just yeah. like you know, let's stay warm. Let's listen to Hawaiian music. Yeah. You know, put on the torch. You know, so I love it. Anyways, I love it. That would have been a good one to end with, but alas, yeah. But I started the show. Alas, so be- alas, I'm going to be ending the show. But that's okay, I guess. Uh, that's why you should. I'm going to play, uh, uh, so again, I've played two songs. As it turned out, you didn't know either of the songs I played, but you knew. I knew the, I knew the. You didn't the know songs. the versions that I, knew I played. I the songs, right. so I didn't know the original versions. This so. is, this, this is another one. So this is, this is a song that was recorded in 1969. Um, I believe they were another Southern California band. I should actually look that up to be 100% sure, but. I will say this, like Love tonight, who we started the show off with, um, this is a, this band, this song was covered by a band that we've already played on the show. In fact, you played on the show. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how many episodes prior, but you were the one that brought the band who has made this song famous to the show. Uh, Okay. So... I guess I'll just play it, and then we can talk about it. Uh, Okay. I'll just say the name of the band. This was recorded in 1969. The name of the band is The Click. C-L-I-Q-U-E. The Click. The sexy spelling. The sexy spelling. That's right. On Three Songs Podcast.
Okay, so that's the first one I've definitely heard before. Yeah. And okay. and the REM version of that is like to me basically very similar to the it original. Is. It's quite very, similar. Very yeah. similar. Unlike the other two. Very faithful, played. yeah. For sure. I mean obviously Soft Cell like turned Tainted Love into their own electronic thing and right. like Right. Hendrix, you know, he he basically made that song his his own. R.E.M. did that's a very not a faithful. famous R.E.M. song, and of course R.E.M.'s famous for for being a cover band in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, well, they covered Pale Blue was... Eyes. And they, their, I think their probably their best cover song ever was by one of the, one of their peers that influenced them heavily, a band that you see around town, Pylon Crazy. Sure, sure. You know, I, I you know maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, and I know that the first single off of Life's Rich Pageant was Fall on Me, but I think. What really caught on was their version of Superman, which I believe was the second single from the record. I think that I thought was, it was a B side myself, but mm, no, because I don't even know. I, I, I argue like REM history. But. I I actually had the seven inch of Superman, and I think Wipeout was the B side. Okay, well, you know, I'm not believe me, Mike. You know, come on. I'm not even going to look that up, Bob. No, exactly. But I will I will tell you this. So I did look up. The click is from they're from Houston, Texas. Uh they recorded one album which had that song on it, nineteen sixty nine. Um but yeah, for years I never even heard the original. Oh I did because we had it when I was in college radio, we had it in our seven inch collection and we used to play play it all the time or play them back to back or whatever there you go and uh it was just basically a very straight cover i mean yeah. like rem's version is very similar to that it is it really and, is and and that's in to me like a major tip of the cap yeah by rem sure. to like a great unknown garage song right absolutely like because it's like they listen to it and they're like well what a perfect song for us to cover because it's like like it's you know kind of sounds like what we do sort of thing, right? And they had you could tell they had fun with that song, their version. Um, oh, totally! It was so easy for them to play. One thing I was realizing when I was listening to that song, <clears throat> I had a second theme, an unintentional second theme, which was bad relationships. I oh mean, Jesus! Right. Yeah. Like hey okay, Joe, love for sure. Yeah, hey Joe, hey Joe. I am Superman. I know what's happening. Hey Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, if you go a million miles away, I'll track you down, girl. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So, anyways, I'm gonna end episode 22 because the snot has caked against my pants. It's turning into crystals. <laughs> and you're cold. It's cold in Des Moines. Yeah, it's 22. All right. See you soon. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, we'll do this again soon. All right.